Welcome to episode one of the Adventures of a Disney Dad podcast. My name is Matt Brandeber. I am the founder of the Adventures of a Disney Dad.com, and I'm a travel agent with the Magic for Less Travel. I'm joined by my friend and podcast contributor, Chip Robinson. Chip, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. We are two dads. Um, I have three little ones. Chip, how many do you have? Uh, four and one on the way. There we go. When's, when's the fifth baby due? January. Right beginning of January. There we go. So we're two dads sharing everything. Uh, our love for Disney tips uh, for making your vacation a better experience. Uh, trips for uh, Tips for travel planning with kids. And we're just going to kind of chat through uh, split stays for our first episode. And we're going to talk about uh, ways you can save money on your split stays. The benefits of doing a split stay at Walt Disney World. Some of the things that we love and some of the resort combinations that we love. So um, we hope you enjoy the first episode, and we're looking forward to uh, taking you along our trips and and teaching you how we can uh, help you plan a better vacation. So before we get started, Chip, I do want to kind of introduce everybody to what a split stay is. Uh, So split stay is essentially splitting your trip up into two, maybe three different locations. I like to always start off maybe at a smaller place and then work my way up and finish it as I'm getting more tired in the trip. But essentially you just, you go for a couple of days at one resort and then you switch it to the next. And you've done some split stays at um, offsite resorts too, correct? Yeah, we've done more offsite um, just to kind of how we work with points and stuff like that with my credit cards. But yeah, that's, that's how we've done it. That's, that's a little bit fun. So that, that'll that be a different experience that we can help with the listeners because I, I always tend to do split stays um, within the Walt Disney World resorts. Um, I have one coming up in September that we'll talk about a little bit um, where we're going to be doing a Savannah View at a Animal Kingdom Lodge. And then we're splitting that with uh, Villa at Saratoga Springs. So really looking forward to that trip. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and I, I have a lot of listeners, or uh, I'm sorry, a lot of guests through the travel agency that they, they like to do split stays, particularly with uh, unique resorts, such as the Savannah View and Animal Kingdom Lodge, where you don't necessarily want to spend seven days straight, you know, looking at the animals or spending time at your resort um, because those, you know, those rooms come at a premium price. So a lot of folks, they want to split that up and maybe do two days at a Savannah View or two days at the Polynesian or something like that. And then, spend you know three to five days at a more moderate or value resort where they can save some money on their trip yeah i think one of the biggest things like you're gonna go to savannah view man enjoy that go to animal kingdom get that whole that whole vibe i mean you're real close to it i mean people always say the bus ride but the bus rides have the fun um enjoy enjoy animal kingdom though the great i'd love the restaurants we love we we go there just for the restaurants half the time which one's your favorite restaurant at animal kingdom uh, we love Boma. Boma for dinner. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It's it, I think we're looking forward to Sanaa. I think we have a an ADR there, but I, I'll have to double check with my wife on where exactly she wants to go. We've never done Animal Kingdom Lodge, so we're really looking forward to it. And and having the kids get the Savannah view, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Hey, I will say one trip uh, trick with kids is try and get a room close to the lobby because the the bus is not too far from it. Um, we were like, just, it's kind of shaped like a three. So we were pretty close to the, close to the middle of it. And we had a Savannah view and it was beautiful and it was quick. And we could, we had our drinks back in the day when they had the drinks with this quick service dining plan. Um, 
but yeah, I would I would definitely try and get a room closer to the lobby so you're closer to bus with the kids. Before we get too deep into the split stays, I want to ask you one other question about Animal Kingdom Lodge. Did you guys do the night vision goggles for the Savannah View? Uh, we did one day. We like the first day we went over to it, um, but it was it was almost like dusk, so you couldn't see as much. But it gotcha. looked like we we didn't. Our kids were little at the time. That was 2018, I think we did that. Gotcha. So for those that don't know, the Animal Kingdom Lodge you can actually get for free. Um, they're first come, first serve, but I've never heard of them running out. You can use the night vision goggles to look out on the savannah at the animals, and it's a pretty cool experience from what I've been told. And they'll, they'll, um, have, so they'll, have, they'll have a, uh, a cast member out right in the lobby, and then sometimes they'll just have them hanging out by the fire pit as well. Yeah, and, and so I think you've talked a little bit about, um, you know, kind of wanting to have the better half of your split stay on the back end of your trip, right? so that you have a little bit more time at the resorts and things like that. What are some of the other reasons that you, your kids, and your wife like to do split stays? Uh, my kids will probably tell you the slides, honestly. We're, we're, we are DVC members, so um, we, my kids love the pool. And it's, it's said in all, now, all the podcasts I've listened to, everybody always says, you go to Disney, your kids are going to love it. My kids love the pool. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but they love the pool. They love the slide. Um, and we always take a break. We're, we're just those people. Yeah. Um, so my older two always love to go to the, go to the pool while the younger two nap. So um, they just like changing the scenery for the pools, honestly. And then it also depends on if we're, we're around the Magic Kingdom, we'll, we'll, we'll focus on that. And then if we go to another, uh, like Animal Kingdom, we'll go maybe focus more on Hollywood Studios beach club will focus or boardwalk will focus on Epcot. It just depends on where we're staying. We, we kind of focus around that area. So it seems like based on your resort, you like to spend more time at the theme park that's closest to your resort. Yeah. And, but it also, I, I would say that. Yeah. But it, I would also say we, it just depends on the day. <laughs> you know, sometimes yeah. we're like, let's get on the bus. And back, I mean, back before you had to make the, the, reservations it was all right let's get on this bus whatever yeah. it was yeah and I, I think that's part of the benefit of you know we've been quite a few times both of us and we go somewhat frequently but for the the folks that you know they only go once a year or they're going on their first trip i think it's important to keep in mind that you know you you can kind of plan your resorts around your vacation in terms of, or the other way around, you can plan your vacation around your resorts. So if you pick, you know, an all-stars or pop century, you know, maybe you focus more on uh, days in the parks, the days that you're going to be at those resorts. And then if you book a split stay and you're staying the second half at, you know, a moderate where it's a little bit more expensive or a deluxe, then you spend a little bit more of your resort time there. Um, and, then, and then you can kind of build your vacation around that, which is one, that's one thing we love to do. You know, is you kind of plan out what what you're going to do, what days are going to be theme park days, what days are going to be resort days, based on what resort we're staying at. And that that's what we did this past summer. We were off site the first couple of days, and we came in on property because we had a car um, and would go dine, uh, beach club. We went over to Disney Springs, and then we planned our because we were staying at Old Key West. We planned our Monday and Wednesday around the deluxe hours at the, at the, the two extra hours at the end of the night. So. That's 100% a great idea to do. Yeah. So the, the biggest thing I want to talk about is the biggest objections and challenges that 
you know, people have in their minds when they talk about split stays. And I'll, I'll just from experience um, as a travel agent and maybe some of your hesitancies when you first did it, I'll, I'll talk about a few. The first one I always hear about is I don't want to pack all my stuff up again and have to move resorts. The second one is the concerns about transportation, particularly if someone is doing a split stay at Universal. You know, how am I going to get from Disney to Universal? Or if they're doing it offsite, it's the same problem. If I'm staying at the Westin or the Four Seasons or whatever, how am I going to get from Animal Kingdom Lodge or Coronado Springs to the Westin? Um, if I'm not, you know, bringing a car, uh, check-in times, especially with kids, you know, you, everybody talks about, and you hear it a lot on podcasts and from trip planners that, you know, you can just dump your bags at guest services and then go to the pool. Well, when you have kids that need to nap or need to be in the room or need to get changed, like it doesn't necessarily work that way. So, um, you know, knowing your nap times and your family schedule, all of those things are, are kind of things that people are generally concerned about. Uh, the biggest and kind of best thing that I tell them is if you're staying at Disney and you're going within Disney resorts, the guest services folks are fantastic. So for those that don't know, you can take your bags down to guest services, you can drop them off there, and then guest services will take your bags to the other resort that you're switching to. It doesn't mean you can check in earlier, so you still can't check in at the new resort until three o'clock, which can be frustrating for people. But if you're planning a park day that day, you go, you dump your bags at guest services at 10 or 11 in the morning. If you're a rope dropper, then you know you do it earlier. Drop your bags, you go spend the day at the parks, and then you just go straight to your next resort, which I think is, is a huge, huge convenience for folks. Um, that are hesitant to have to pack everything up and figure out how they're going to get their stuff from one place to the other and, and things like that. Um, they, they really can't help you get an earlier check-in time. I mean, I've heard people with tips and tricks about, you know, trying to get a check-in earlier. I think Chip, you're, you, you know, you can chime in with your experience here, but in my experience, I never get my room early at Disney. It just never happens. Well, it, my wife and I were talking about this before we hopped on. And um, so we were at uh, Flamingo Crossing. We stayed at the Home Suites there. And then I had a free night at the Waldorf. So we did one night at the Waldorf. She's like, I would never do that again. I'd rather stay at the, the Home to Suites because just one night, we didn't check in until after 4 o'clock. We got there at noon or 11. And I've got four kids at the time. And they want a nap. And my wife's yelling at me. And. Um, but she's like, I, I, I would have never done that. So doing the one night split is a terrible idea in my opinion. Now, if you're yeah. checking in that night and you get the next day, you're going to the park, which is what we'll say is, so we checked in, checked out of the Waldorf at like six in the morning because we were going to Epcot and we checked in, we drove over to the old Key West, parked the car and I checked in as early as I could and said, we're here whenever. And I got my text and I pulled it up at 1217. So we're over actually meeting Mickey over by uh, Figment Ride. And uh, I get the text. My wife's like, all right, let's go eat. And then we'll go back to the room. So we've had luck with getting in early. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but not I, I never get it. I never get it. I'm never, I'm never lucky in that regard. But, you know, I think the biggest thing, you know, especially if you've got kids that need to nap, which, I mean, probably every kid under five, um, pretty much falls in that category which i think you have kids under five i've got 
All three of mine are five and under. Um, you have to and plan dad, around. And dads. You got to put the dads in there. Dads need a nap. <laughs> yeah, dads, dad needs a nap too. But you have to plan around the kid's schedule. And so if you've got kids that nap at, you know, 9 or 9.30 or um, 2.30 in the afternoon, you really have to, if you're doing a split day, you have to keep that in mind because, you, you know, you can check out at noon. So you can do the morning nap in the room at the resort that you're staying in. But your the afternoon nap is going to probably be shot because you're not, you know, you can't count on getting into your room early and uh, and you're not going to have anywhere for the kids to nap unless you can make do by the pool or something like that or in the stroller, I guess, which is tough. 100%. <laughs> that's, 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 a, that's just a tough situation. And then everybody gets crabby and it's just, you know, it kind of puts a damper on the day of the vacation. But that said... With proper planning, split stays can be seamless at Disney World. You know, you can absolutely drop your bags at guest services. They will make sure that they're in your room at your next next resort when you get there. I've had, I've done one where I didn't come to my new resort and check in until after the fireworks. So I was exhausted, got back to my room, my bags were there, didn't have to go to the front desk, didn't have to call anybody. The service was fantastic. And when you're within the Disney bubble, you don't have to worry about transportation because all, you know, you can take the bus, you can take whatever you go to the park and you just go immediately to your next resort with universal. It can get a little tricky. And have you done a split stay with universal chip? We've, we've not, um, we've looked at it. I think we might do it eventually. My kids are getting to that age where they want to do it, but uh, if we're not, we don't have a rental car. It's going to be Uber or, we're going to have to get, at that time, an Uber XL or even a private shuttle is going to be the. And, and the problem, the problem with that, and we'll, we'll have to do it. I full episode on transportation. Cause I could talk about this all day <laughs> for, for parents with kids. The best part of going on a vacation to Disney world is the transportation. 100%. Because if you, if you rent a private car, you can feasibly plan everything without having to even take your car seats on the plane which is huge. I mean, car seats are expensive. They can break, you know, with, with air travel, they're a mess to, to bring three car seats. If you got three kids or four in your situation. So if you can get a situation where you've got either mirrors connect the sunshine flyer or private transportation, um, or even the minivans that have car seats and you get yourself to Disney, you don't need them anymore. That's, that's the beauty of being in the Disney bubble. Now, the, the bigger issue becomes when you want to go to Universal, um, the Express Pass can be very expensive on a daily basis. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but it's variable pricing, very similar to Genie Plus at Disney, but it's way more expensive than Genie Plus at Disney. And the big benefit that you get from staying at a Universal Resort is that you get Express Pass included with some of their resorts. And the resorts at Universal tend to be a lot more affordable than the ones at Disney. So it, it sometimes can make a lot of economic sense. Instead of just staying at Disney for seven days and hopping over to Universal for two, you do a split stay. You do two days at Universal, you get a lower price on your resort, you save some money, and you can get the Express Pass. And I, I think a lot of people don't think that through. Um, but the bigger problem then becomes if you're traveling with a lot of kids or even just one kid, how are you going to get from Disney to Universal? And then it comes with like 
you know, it can complicate your car, uh, your stroller rental. If you're going to rent a stroller from Kingdom Strollers or um, any other service like that, you've got to get the stroller to, to over to Universal. Yeah. You know, so well, it, it becomes a logistics issue that, you know, it's really helpful if you have a travel planner or someone that's experienced in those issues to, to help you through it. Well, since you're my travel planner, what time do, do uh, the resorts or can you check in at uh, Universal? Is it you, you can't. You're not. I mean, so I've, I've heard a lot of stories of people getting into the rooms earlier at Universal, but you're, I, again, I, I'm not planning my day around it. And I would never tell a client to plan, you know, their vacation on being able to get in to the room earlier at Universal. I just, I just, just know that the, the, the little hack of if you stay at like the Portofino or the, the one of the, the Lowe's resorts there, that you get the express pass for the, the, the day you check in and the day you check out. So that's, that's why correct. I was kind of leaning towards that. Like, so if I could get in at, I don't know, say noon, I'm, I'm, now we're talking. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I, I'm, I think that, you know, if I remember correctly, Universal has something similar to guest services where you can leave your bags um, so that you don't have to worry about, you know, all your luggage and things like that. But it, it still can become complicated and it's helpful if you have someone in your corner that's a travel advisor that does this all the time. Um, like the folks at the Magic for Less that you can reach out to or us at Adventures of a Disney Dad through the Magic for Less. Um, and we can help you get all that stuff started. But, you know, the other thing that I want to talk about really quickly, and I wrote an article about this on adventuresofadisneydad.com um, a couple weeks ago. And what I really found interesting is the pricing difference for folks that don't really understand the logistics of how to book a split stay. So I want to talk about that really quickly. I'm going to pull it up here. Well, no. Well, as you're as you're pulling up, I know the uh, that kind of news wise that Disney did. Uh, you can now book a dining package with a split stay going into twenty to what is it, after January 9th of twenty twenty four after Marathon Weekend. So yeah, after January 9th, you can you can add a dining package to to pretty much anything at this point. Um, and it'll it remains to be seen like all the tricks and and tips that we're gonna have for you know, how to get the most value out of the dining plan, I think is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but I think the general consensus is if you've got kids or if you like signature dining, it's probably going to save you some money. Um, but if you're me, folks that... Put me down for some tacos and a margarita in Mexico and maybe a fish and chips when I get in a, in a bass over when I get over to uh, England over the Epcot, all right? There you, there you go, there you go. <laughs> And, uh, but it, you know, it's, it's a money saver for it. But if you're, you know, the folks that like to have Amazon deliver groceries to your resort and you eat breakfast at the hotel and you don't buy the, um, the mugs, the refillable mugs and things like that, then it gets kind of fringe as to whether or not you're going to be coming out on top, so to speak of saving money. Um, I want to jump into this really quickly because I, I looked at this for this article. So I booked um, a six-day vacation beginning, uh, funny enough, September 21st. And there's two different ways that you can book logistically, book a split stay. Again, the easiest thing to do is to go through a travel planner that's got experience with this kind of thing. But you can either book a vacation package. A package includes your room and either the dining plan or tickets or other add-ons. Or you can book a room-only reservation. Okay? So room-only is just the room, nothing else. What travel agents can do and, and folks can do if they call into Disney is they can book a ticketless package. 
Um, that's another kind of complicated option. But to, to kind of get the point across here, if you were to book a split stay for six days beginning September 21st with park tickets, so one park per day, no park hopper, split evenly across two packages. So that means your split stay is three days at one resort, three days at another resort. You could get the tickets for $846.02. Okay. Okay. That's for one person. So if you have a party of four, you'd multiply that by four. If you were to book six days of park tickets together, which is what you could do in certain packages with a travel agent, the total cost would be $578.44. So for a family of four over the age of 10, that would save over $1,000 on just the tickets alone based on how you booked the split step. So it comes out to like forty percent off. I think this difference. I mean, here. it's it's a. I mean, one thousand dollars is a pretty significant amount of money for a family of four. Um, so it's really important to keep that in mind. Is you know, the, everybody I think understands, or for those that um, are new to Disney, maybe maybe you don't. Disney works on variable pricing for tickets. So the first day, one day of tickets is the most expensive, and certain days are more expensive than others. Like the weekends are going to be more expensive than the weekdays. But the more tickets you buy, the cheaper they get as a whole. So if you buy eight days of tickets, your total price per day is going to go way down in comparison to buying two or three days of tickets. That's how they get you to spend, you know, a little bit more money on tickets in the parks and, and things like that. So, so, so where uh, do you see where do you see the big increases at day four? Between day four and day five, or day three and day I, four, what's the? I think that it's anything after anything from four and later is where you see okay. a lot of save quote savings. You know the total cost per day, and again, it's you're talking about averages, right? So, are you saving money by spending more money? It's you know some people would argue about that, uh, but I think overall the average of your total tickets per day comes down significantly when you buy more than four days of tickets. So, and Makes you know, sense. that, that can be a huge difference when you're talking about buying six days worth of tickets or two sets of three. Yeah. Does that make sense? And yeah. then the last thing that's important to keep in mind is that it can have a huge impact on your ADRs, right? So if you book two separate ticket packages, your second three days of a six day stay, the ADR date, is different because it's based on the day you check in for that last three days. So you have to keep that in mind too. Like if I, I have this issue for my stay in September, first two days, those the ADRs are on a 60 day um, calculator. And then the next three days are on a different 60 day calculator. Um, and for those that don't know, ADRs work like once your 60-day date hits, 60 days before the first day you check in for your vacation, you get the book ADRs for the entirety of your stay. So if you have a 10-day vacation, you get to book for the 10th day just like you can book on the first day. That's a significant, I mean, for planning purposes, it can be a significant impact because I think what you'll find is Bibbidi Boppity Boutique, uh, Cinderella's Royal Table, California Grill during the fireworks, like when you want to get those premier ADRs or experiences, it's always easier to book them at the end of your vacation 
because there's other people that haven't, you know, become eligible to book in that area yet. And it can become problematic if you've only got a few days and then you've got to wait and do it again. So it's just something to keep in mind. Yeah, you gotta get that Ark Smith's homecoming. Go get go over and get the fried chicken and donuts. It's the best. I have not eaten there yet. Oh, I have not eaten there. Come yet. on. <laughs> do you, uh, when did you guys last go? Uh we went in oh um summer of twenty one. We were there for we just were there for three days. Um and then we went down to the beach, but we, we got in there for Art Smith's and we we look we had it again this past trip. My wife's like, let's try something different just to say we did. So I, I will say, um, I think Art Smith's may be for me at least in my experience, the hardest ADR to get. hundred percent it is. I, I I and I want to go on a little bit of a rant real quick. Have you ever paid for um dining reservation alert reminders? No. Okay. I've Never seen it. I know I know what you're talking okay. about. Yeah, yeah. So this is a little little bit of a tip for listeners. There's a way to get them for free. Isn't it touring plans? No, I, to, touring plans requires a membership. Uh, okay. So there there are you you may if you see an influencer or if you see a podcast or anyone else that is trying to get you to pay for um, alerts when dining reservations become available, don't do it. Guarantee you they're making affiliate money or things like that. And I don't want to knock their hustle. Um, but you don't need to pay for dining alert reservations. So you can go to Thrill Data. Have you ever been to Thrill Data? No. So Thrill Data is a fantastic site. Thrill Data, thrill-data.com. They provide probably the best um, wait time, crowd data of any website out there. And it's not just for Disney. They do Universal and others. You can sign up for a free account with them. And you can go and set up dining alerts. And they'll email you or text you when your dining alert becomes available for free. And you still have to go and click it and be fast and, you know, book it. Which is where a lot of people, you know, aren't able to get it. But that's the same as the paid services. They're all using the same, you know, data from Disney about when these things become available. There's no reason to pay for that kind of a service. And I I hate when I hear people, um, you know, they're paying $20 a month or whatever else to try and get alerts for when dining or experience reservations become available because you just don't need to. It's just, it's frustrating. But as as we start getting towards the end of the show, I, I kind of have a question for you. You got a trip up upcoming in September with the splits day. What's your plan? So we are going to do the first two days at Animal Kingdom Lodge Savannah View, and probably stick to more resort days. But we do have on the twenty second we have Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. Okay. So my thought there was to spend the day at the resort not go to the parks and then go into the parks for the party and kind of have a late night. And then the next day we're switching over to Saratoga Springs for um, a two bedroom villa. And we're really testing that out. Like um, we always go as a family in January. That's our favorite trip. If you ever follow me on social media or you follow adventures of a Disney dad.com. I love talking about going to Disney in January. I think it's a hidden gem. It's my favorite time to go. Um, but this January we're planning on, we're planning on the two bedroom Bella in Saratoga Springs because we want the kitchen. 
we like to, you know, order the groceries and have breakfast with the kids in the, in, you know, in the hotel and things like that. So we're really testing it out in September to see, you know, how we like the layout and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's going to be a more relaxed vacation, I think. Um, we've got a few advanced dining reservations, but I think the focus is the kids with the Savannah View, resort time, doing the Halloween party, and then kind of switching gears to Saratoga Springs and um, really enjoying some time at the resort there because the pools are fantastic. So Kidani so, or Jumbo? I think we're at Kidani. Kidani. Okay. Yes. Kidani. Yeah. So Kidani is awesome. Uh, make sure you use that. That in there's a bus that goes. There's like a white uh, little like short bus that takes you between the two resorts. It's, it's pretty awesome. Cast members are normally pretty good in there. Yeah, and, and I think if I remember correctly, my in-laws, the grandparents are at Animal Kingdom Lodge, so we'll definitely be bouncing back and forth. But they're doing a split stay separately where they're going to Coronado. Oh. So we've kind of got a little bit of separation between the family and the grandparents for a little bit. And um, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Looking so, forward since to you're, it. Since, since you're relaxing, you might as well go, I don't know, go get on the Skyliner somewhere and go resort. That's what I love doing is just going and enjoying the resorts and get on all the transportation, take the monorail around, do all of it. I, I we We love the Skyliner, but... I, I probably shouldn't say this on a Disney podcast. My wife hates the monorail. My wife <laughs> hates the monorail. My my kids my kids love it, but we had one bad experience. And and this is kind of another tip, I guess, um, for listeners, especially like when you're new to Disney. This this can be a little frustrating. The buses don't go between resorts. You you and I understand this, but a lot of people don't understand that. Like the buses, they go to the parks. And you can go to a park and then hop on another bus and go back to a different resort. But if you make an advanced dining reservation at another resort, you've got to figure out how you're going to get there and how you're going to get back. And we had one night where we went to California Grill. And we took the bus to Magic Kingdom, and then we walked to the Contemporary, which was a fantastic walk. It's short. No big deal. After we get out of dinner, it was after the fireworks. And I said to my wife, let's take the monorail over to the Polynesian. And I forgot that everybody's going to be leaving on the monorail for the fireworks. <laughs> yeah. And so it was late. We had kids. We They were crabby. The monorail's packed. The line is long. We don't even need to go to the Polynesian. So we weren't staying there. We were staying at Coronado. It was, it was a terrible planning mistake on my part. And um, just because I thought it would be fun for the kids because they love the monorail to get that experience of, you know, being on it late at night and whatnot. And it was, it was a terrible idea. So always think through how you're going to get to and from your dining reservations, particularly at other resorts. And plan an hour, plan an hour, an hour minimum, I would say. Unless you Uber, unless you're Uber and you got to plan an hour. I mean, we've, like I said, we stayed off property, um, we went to Beaches of Cream, drove to park there, uh, ate at Beaches of Cream, took the Skyliner to Pop Century, bus from Pop Century to Magic Kingdom, walked to Bay Lake Tower, um, monorail all the way around, um, and then 
caught a bus, I think, back to the beach club to catch a. We were just just resort hopping, but I knew what we were going to do going into it. But it's it's a so strategy. There, there's two things I want to finish with before we hop off. Number one, when you did your recent split stay and you were staying off site. What were some of your transportation options? What did you guys use with all the kids? Did you rent a car? So we rented a car because we flew into Fort Lauderdale, or not to Fort Lauderdale, uh, Tampa, um, and drove over. I will tell you, if you want to rent a car, like we, we're a big family, uh, it was rental car was less than $500 from Tampa. MCO would have been $1,200. Wow. And that was for over a week. We had a support what? what did you do for your car seats? Uh, I bought the $20 bags off of Amazon and uh, put them in there because I didn't want to pay $20 a day. I mean, I, we're cheap. Yeah. I'm a cheap person. So um, we bought the $20 bags and they were, they were good. They're fine. They're labeled and got us everywhere. We only had to take, had to take two because my older two uh, are good in the backseat. Okay. So they, they don't need like boosters or anything like that? No. Uh, my wife would say yes, but uh, I think they're good. They're good. They're getting, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, but then we, there was an option from the hotel, but we've stayed off property before and used the option. It's just terrible. I'd rather Uber and yeah. get there directly because it says it comes every hour. It's not always on time. It's hard to find. It's And you're referring to offsite shuttles, like to the offsite shuttles. Yeah. And, the, and, and honestly, they park you kind of far away. Like Epcot, you're. Like you can see them from where the buses are, but Magic Kingdom, then you got to go to TTC, um, and it's just kind of a pain in the butt. Um, I'd rather I'd rather Uber and go try, get dropped off and it's direct versus having to sit on a bus and wait forever. Yeah. And and, and so, you know you're, where it's at. So the the upshot there is, you know, if you're working with a travel planner, keep this in mind. Or if you're planning your vacation and you're going to do a split stay, you have to think through the transportation uh, because. You know, if you don't, you can be kind of up a creek. Um, and, and I tell that to, to anybody, you know, if you're renting a car, it's pretty straightforward. You know, you're, you're focused more on just getting the car at MCO or at whichever airport that you're getting to. But if you're going to take, you know, private transportation, which is usually what we do, we like rent a, we've rent a van or like a private shuttle van um, to come get our family with all the car seats and everything else and go to the straight to our resort. But, you know, then you're without a car and, you know, you, you have to really think those things through. Um, so the, the last thing I want to talk about before we get off here is I want to, each of us, we're going to share what our ideal or dream split stay combination would be. So if you could pick two hotels that you would combine together for a split stay and try and try and think about it from the perspective of a, first or second time Disney person. So this is a family's first or second time going. What would you recommend to them to be the, the two hotels for a split stay on first, for example, let's say a six day vacation. All right. So six days. Um, I'm going to say either pop century is my first pop century, or I'm leaning towards one of the moderates um, Caribbean beach. I think you try and get one of the Skyliners. That way you can focus mostly on um, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom. You can drive. I mean, it's not too far if you're on up by the Skyliner. Um, I would do that for maybe three days. Um, and then on my, you know what, 
I would go two days. Well, I don't know, whatever. But a park day on your transfer day. Whenever you're transferred, I would do a park day. Get up, send your bags to get uh, Bell Services, or have Dad take an Uber over and drop them off at the hotel. I think that's a hidden secret. If, if Mom and Dad are willing to do that, if you have enough, my wife would do it. She'd say, hey, get an Uber and take it over. That way, when you get there, if you need to change, even if your room's not ready, you can get a bag out. Um, but then I'm going to stay on the monorail somewhere. Um, I grand is too grand for me yeah um that's I'm, fine we're both we're both from the same same we're from the same hometown but the grand yes. you, you know where i grew up and, and i know where you grew up but the grand is just too it's too fancy for it too bougie. Well, the, the biggest thing about the grand for especially for like the first or second time folks that are going is that it, it's not as themed so you do feel like you're in a um a fancy a fancier hotel I think I'd recommend that. To, I recommend that to, typically to clients that, you know, if you've got your wife at a portion of a split stay or a portion of a stay where they want to go to the spa, that's the spot. Because a lot of the spas are still closed at Disney, um, which a lot of people aren't aware of. So if you want to get your wife uh, a massage or get mom a massage, you know, maybe you want to spend two nights at the Grand Floridian and she can go to the spa and things like that. Um, the, the one, one, go ahead. Well, I either say you go poly or you go wilderness lodge. Um, Both fantastic. Contemporary is great, but the theming at the poly is unreal. Yeah. Um, and it also, the, the long houses kind of give you that motel feel versus mm-hmm. like the A frame kind of feels like a hotel and kind of, but wilderness lodge, we went over there and had brunch. And my wife's like, I never wanted to stay there. And she walked in and she's like, all right, we could stay here. Like she, she <laughs> said, I don't want to go to a log cabin. I, that's not who I am. And then we ate there walked around and she said okay we could stay here <laughs> and wilderness wilderness lodge at christmas too is absolutely fantastic yeah. um so in, in one other thing i want to well before before i jump into it one other thing i want to point out that you mentioned is um you know the skyliner like a lot of the transportation at disney is an attraction like your kids will have a blast every time they ride the skyliner so it's important to keep in mind that like the bus is, you know, if you're at a resort that only has a bus option, keep in mind that other resorts, you know, the transportation itself can be an attraction. The monorail, the boats, the ferries, um, there's just a lot of really cool options there. For me, the the dream and probably the, the most recommended split stay I have is two nights Savannah View, Animal Kingdom Lodge, and then three or four nights at the Polynesian. If you can swing it, if you'd rather, you know, pair it with a moderate, then to me, it's always Coronado Green Casino Tower. That's like home to me. That's my favorite resort. It's got great theming. It's got the modern feel. It's, it feels like a deluxe. The restaurants are fantastic at Coronado. But the biggest thing is like the Savannah view at Animal Kingdom Lodge is, is a once in a lifetime thing. There, there's there's very few other places in the world that you can go and on your balcony look at a zoo. I mean, that's that's just the reality of it. And it's oh, you got it's giraffes, a- zebras. It's unreal. We we yeah. took our kids there in 2018, and I just sit out there at, at dusk in the morning when you wake up, and they're just roaming around, and your kids are pointing and- them out. They name them. <laughs> And it's, it's so good for a split stay because anything more than two days 
is probably overkill because then you're going to be wasting the premium that you're paying because you're going to be spending time in the parks and things like that. So it's like you're, you're paying to be able to see the animals, but you're not going to spend four, five, six days watching the animals. So two days is like perfect for you to go and enjoy it, experience it and switch somewhere else. Wow. So that'll wrap things up. Um, I appreciate Chip. I appreciate you talking split stays with me tonight. Uh, thank you to our listeners for joining. If you get a chance, if you could rate, review, subscribe, we would greatly appreciate it. We look forward to bringing you more content on adventuresofadisneydagger.com. Um, again, I am a travel agent with the Magic for Less Travel. If you have any vacation, travel planning, booking needs, please feel free to reach out. All the contact information is located on adventuresofadisneydad.com. One other thing, Chip, that I forgot to mention, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Uh, so Twitter, well, I guess X now, it's uh, at Chip Robinson, C-H-I-P-R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N, and then uh, on Instagram, Robinson Dad Life. Robinson Dad Life. And I am Adventures of a Disney Dad on all handles. Um, we look forward to bringing you more content. If you have any questions or topics that you'd like to see covered in future episodes, feel free to reach out to me via social media or email matt at adventuresofadisneydad.com or matt.brandover at themagicforless.com. We'll see you next time.